Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Rolling along, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Hashtag crew all around us. You just heard from Christine that fascinating story from Woj and Ramona. We opened with that today, did about 15 minutes on the idea that LeBron and Steph might have been somewhere close to playing together, which would have been fascinating. And does LeBron wind up in Philly next year? I think there is a real chance of that. Having said those things, by the way, I'm just noticing out of the corner of my eye, <laughs> the soup that you ordered, Brandon, with the money, is that the broccoli cheddar? Okay, thank God, because I was going to say, I know that you're, you're talking about losing weight, and if you ordered the, the cheese soup, which essentially is fondue, um, I was going to have a problem <laughs> with that alone. too. Leave him alone. All right, anyway, so, so let me go back to what I was saying. The other basketball story I find really interesting, regardless of whether you care about the teams involved or not. So the Knicks lose to the Rockets the other night on a terrible call. Just, if you haven't seen it, suffice it to say, an absolutely terrible call. They call a foul on Brunson, fouling a shooter with basically no time remaining in regulation in what was otherwise a tie game, would have gone to overtime. The NBA, in their two-minute report, immediately acknowledged what everyone knew, which is that it absolutely wasn't a foul, a terrible call. So the Knicks have filed a protest, and they are hoping, the two teams do not, are not scheduled to play each other again this year, but what the Knicks, if the Knicks win the protest, then the outcome would be that the teams would have to meet somewhere at some point and play a five-minute overtime, and I guess, in theory, multiple overtimes if it went that way. Now, that almost never happens. There have been six occasions in which a protest was upheld, and the most recent was back about 15 years ago. Bubba's going to give you the details on that in a minute. The reason is because for a protest to be upheld, it must prove that a, a rule was misapplied, the misapplication of a rule, not just a bad call. So the last time this happened, Bubba, we talk about the misapplication of a rule. Tell everyone why this was upheld the last time one of them was upheld. Right, yeah. I mean, there are very few. There are only six, 52, 69, 71, 78, 82, and then 07, the last one. The last successful protest occurred when the Miami Heat contested a game against the Hawks after Shaq was erroneously called for his sixth foul. The protest revealed Shaq had only actually committed five fouls. <laughs> <laughs> leading to the resumption of the game months later. Unfortunately, Shaq could not play in that game. He had already been traded to the Suns. <laughs> so that's the last time this happened. They just miscounted his they fouls? They miscounted his fouls. So you can see why you might say, okay, well, that clearly. and then they, But they replayed the overtime, but Shaq wasn't evolved so, because he had been traded to Phoenix. So there's that. You know what's funnier? Yeah. Neither team scored, so the Hawks won anyway. They, they had 51.9 seconds that they played. It was 114 to 111. Neither team scored, and the Hawks won just like they would have. Oh, really? So they didn't play in overtime is what you're saying. They, they just literally played those 50-whatever They literally seconds. resumed like under a minute of play. No one scored. The Hawks won. I don't Sha- remember this. Shaq wasn't even no on the team. I have no recollection at I mean, all. I was already doing Mike and Mike by this time. I have, no, I have no recollection of that, which is terrible considering I couldn't remember the quarterbacks this morning. So I make a mental note to look into that. Now, having said that, <laughs> is there any chance that happens here? I mean, the misapplication of a rule would not apply in this case. No, it's just a bad call. Just a bad call. Uh, you can't be in the business of of you know granting protests for every missed call at the buzzer. I mean, that would be that would be ridiculous. I mean, it stinks. And if it happened in a playoff game, I could imagine the NBA deviating. But there's almost no chance that they'll honor their protest and replay that thing. Don't I mean, you agree? The, yes, I do. I would be absolutely shocked. But what if, if it, it did happen in a playoff game? 
I think if it's just a bad call, look, I mean, the, the history has now. Okay, so all the people in Chicago will remember the legendary Hugh Hollins game, which was Game Five of the Eastern Conference. It wasn't the conference final. It was the semifinal, the second round of the playoffs, the year that Jordan wasn't there. Pippen and the Bulls play the Knicks. The Knicks have home court advantage. The series is 2-2. Game five in New York. They call a foul on Scottie Pippen um, on Hubert Davis. Hubert Davis is taking a shot at the buzzer. They call a foul on Scottie Pippen. It's a terrible call. Absolutely terrible call. The Knicks wind up getting the free. The, Hubert Davis makes the foul shots. The Knicks win that game, and they wind up winning that series in seven. History is completely rewritten if that call isn't made. The Bulls would have won that series in six. They would have beaten Indiana in the next round, and they would have been in the finals without Michael Jordan. History would have been completely different. I was there that night. I will never forget because I was covering the Bulls. This was at the Garden. I'm standing in the little hallway outside the Bulls locker room where the Bulls players and everyone are walking back to the locker room. I can still see in my face, uh, excuse me, in my mind, the face of Jerry Krause screaming like he is screaming at the officials as they walk off the floor, screaming at them. Hugh Hollins, by the way, just as an aside, no longer with us. One day I, I get into a, a car. I was doing the NBA, you know, the last few years. So I flew out to L.A. constantly and they have a car pick me up at LAX and is going to take me to the hotel and the driver Big guy, big, you know, real, real big guy, um, recognizes me, and he says, Greeny, do you know who I am? And I said, no, I, I don't know who you are. Should I know who you are? He said, when I tell you my name, you'll know who I am. And I said, okay. He said, my last name is Hollins. My father was Hugh Hollins. So Hugh Hollins, who made that legendary call, and he kind of ducked. He was like, are you going to yell at me about the call? And I was like, man... Your dad made a bad call. He made 10,000 calls in his NBA career. So, again, that's different from a misapplication of the rule. But the reason I'm saying all this is a very long-winded way of answering your question. That was a bad call. It wasn't quite as bad as this, but it did take – it was a critical fifth game of a, play, of, a, of a 2-2 playoff series, and they did not replay it, nothing like that. Yeah, I'm watching it right now on YouTube. Um, the foul was committed with 2.1 seconds left. Okay. It looks like it was egregious, but not to the extent that you're talking about – but I do think in, in today's climate, they would, they would talk about it. They would have a conversation about whether or not it's worth reviewing. If it decided a, a playoff series or something of enormous consequence, it, it would be very well, difficult. I mean, that one basically did that. But, but the difference is that this happens at the buzzer buzzer. Like, this one didn't happen at the buzzer buzzer, which like, that I think is the, is the big difference. Like if, if, if there's one play that you can point to and nothing happened afterwards, you might recall Duke and Miami played a football game. I was researching Mike and Mike at the time. And they acknowledged after the game that a, that a play that ended the game was a mistake. Right. And you, I remember you are arguing they should replay just, the just, thing. Or just, not, not replay it. Just pick up, overturn right. the result. Right. That's, no, if, that's if, what it was. If the that's final what it was. play of the game, I remember the game you're talking about. There was a play. The, the game was won on the final play, and it shouldn't have counted for whatever reason. You could just say, well, the other team won. If, 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 upon further review, no, they didn't win. They won. I, don't, I think it was Miami won the game, and, and, and I said they should just give the win to Duke or something like that. Right? I remember the Miami papers all got mad at me and wrote nasty yeah. stuff about it. Was, me. It was that eight, like eight lateral play. Yeah. Whatever it was, I was in favor of taking the win away from, my, from the U because I remember someone in the paper in Miami wrote a really nasty column about me. But whatever the point is um, – that could be done. Like the, the, the guy, 
who was the baseball pitcher who had a perfect game taken Armando away from him Galarraga. on a terrible call? Armando Galarraga. And I can still hear the ump, like, crying Jim afterwards. Joyce. What was his name? Jim Joyce. Jim Joyce was the ump. And he was crying. He was, man, I kicked that call. I cost that kid a perfect game. Like, do the, do the ump a favor. The ump doesn't want to be wrong. He doesn't want to be remembered forever as the guy who robbed the guy a perfect game. He wasn't trying to get the call wrong. The reason we have technology to overturn bad calls is so that we can overturn bad calls. It's, it's at the risk of saying something ridiculously simple, that's ridiculously simple. Help my memory in case, in case this is something that I should know. But like in a, would there be a difference in a playoff game where that would be automatically reviewed in basketball? Like an at-the-buzzer foul call? No, not foul calls. Uh, I mean, who it went out off of and they that still kind do, of They stuff. do that. Was it goaltending? Right. No, a foul is a judgment call. a judgment call. call. Right. There have been a million times that you will see them going to the, to the replay and um, because they're trying to decide who the ball was out off of, and you will see blatantly on the replay, oh, my God, that should have been a foul, or it should have been a walk, or it should have been something else. And they can't do that. They can't go back and, you know, re-adjudicate mm-hmm. that. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say they should be able to do that. Listen, the one thing, and I've talked to all the commissioners about this stuff, the one thing that they hate the most is that their officials wind up bearing the brunt of so much of this because the reality is they're doing an impossible job. We are demanding perfection from officials, from people, from human beings who are trying as hard as they can to officiate slash adjudicate a game that is moving at ridiculously at lightning speed among athletes that are beyond the comprehension of most people. And you're asking normal human beings to, tr- to be perfect when they officiate these games. Because what we're picking apart now is the one call they get wrong on a night when they probably blew the whistle, what, 40 times? And 39 of them were right. So that, that, I get it. So if you talk to Adam or you talk to Roger Goodell, that's what they'll tell you. They'll tell you, man, these guys are doing the best they can. It is an impossible job. We have put as many rules in place, and we look at them every single year trying to make our replay system better, and they do. I'm not criticizing anyone for this. You're doing the best you can. What I'm saying is, in this case, so, so I guess what I'm, I'm asking myself the question, I'll ask it to you guys. Bubba, should they force those two teams, should they force Houston to go play a five-minute a five overtime? Again, it also factors into this that they're not scheduled to play each other. So they'd have to find a time and a place to go do it. Should they, should they replay that overtime? I don't think so, no. Because? I think we're just going over incorrect calls. I don't think you, you, you have to replay everything just because it was an incorrect call. I don't think that makes sense. The Rockets, for those who aren't following it closely, they're currently five games under 500. They are three games out of the last play-in spot. Um, They're probably not a playoff team this year. The Knicks are very much in the thick of a playoff race, and every win could wind up being critically important. I mean, there are incorrect so they, calls in every game, so I don't right. I, I, I don't, it's tough to... Right, but the point is, so, so, so I, I, yours is a, is a legitimate answer. I the understand their frustration, be, for sure. If it happens on the last play of mm-hmm. the game, because everything else happened equals itself out, meaning 
you could change something. Yes, there was a bad call that was made with seven minutes and 24 seconds left in the third quarter, but both teams had the opportunity to change the outcome from that point forward. The Knicks had no ability to overcome the fact that they had this call made against them at the very end. That would be the, the counter-argument, Bubba, to what you're saying. I'm not saying necessarily I'm making it, but that would be the counter-argument. Cam, should they play the overtime? No, I don't exactly know. I, you know, it's pretty clear cut with the Shaq thing. Like they miscounted the amount of fouls, but <laughs> what does the word misapplication mean in other circumstances? I don't really know what that means besides making a bad call and applying a foul where it shouldn't be. Like, is there a different circumstance I'm not thinking of where that can happen? Yeah, just if if a rule was. I'm about to say was misapplied. Right. So, so non-judgment calls is how I interpret. I guess that. I'm just trying to think of a, another scenario where that would be the description of what happened. But you like know, if un- you didn't have, if they had too many players on the floor and right. it wasn't noticed. Under they, that word, though, this doesn't seem like. Bubba, it should do you be still replayed. have that? Do you still have that list? Because you might be able to go through some of the other protests that were filed and honored. That we might be able to, because I'm with Cam. Like it doesn't. Yeah, we had the miscounting of fouls. That's and how. Like I think Cam's right. Like it could only be so few things. And the reason, the reason that I agree with Bubba and that they should not replay this thing, is because of the precedent that it might set. I, it might wind up being the kind of thing that teams could do at the end of any game for which they don't like what happens, and then compare it to this. And the NBA, I think, would then be sort of up a creek without a paddle. I'm looking for. I'm looking in the same stories. I'm sure that I'm sure Bubba's looking at. And I yeah. do and also doesn't, Bubba doesn't specify what they okay. did. But think it, that the this could be an opportunity though for the league to ask themselves, what if this exact thing happens in the playoffs, and can we avoid it? Like I wonder if there is a contingency plan that they could put in place because it would be a brutal way to lose a playoff game, to lose a playoff series, to have a team season end or some something of that kind. God forbid. And look, it's a fluke occurrence. It would very rarely happen, but it could happen again, most certainly. And so perhaps, you know, Adam Silver or the officiating people in his office might ask themselves, should we put provisions in place in the playoffs if the very last play of the game, one for which the buzzer ends or, or, or rings so there's nothing that comes afterwards, might we, might we decide in that moment that we could play on from there at that point or the next day or something of that kind? Yeah. That it's interesting. The, the best argument against it, regardless of when it happens in the season, is the can of worms that it opens. Look, we've seen it happen in the NFL. We had a horribly bad, a horribly blown call decide which team wound up in the Super Bowl in 2019 or whatever year that was. Whatever year New Orleans won the game against the Rams and then on one of the worst calls, or in this case non-calls, in the history of the sport – and, and it did lead to a rule change. But in this case, look, this was just your run-of-the-mill bad call that came, unfortunately, at a bad time. It happened to a very noisy team. I don't mean that negatively about the Knicks. I mean people will pay a lot of attention because it's the Knicks and because they're having you know the best season they've had in however long. It's going to get a, a, a lot of attention. And at the end of the day, while I certainly get the Knicks' frustration, I do think it's opening up a dangerous can of worms. Right, coming up, the mock is out. It tells a very interesting story. We'll dive deep next on ESPN Radio. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. Times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. 
Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PrizePicks.com/Greenberg, code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply reggie white who's a defensive end for the green bay packers says that the fire bombing of his church in knoxville tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him first there was one fire then there was another then there was another it wasn't just reggie's church that burnt down hundreds of churches burned in the 90s i think we have a major problem in our country and we don't want to admit and that has to do with racism was this 1996 or 1956 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents through the flames listen now wherever you get your podcasts Greeny, the podcast. Some more fun stuff here. Uh, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I got another great misapplication of rules. We got trivia coming up. We got mock draft stuff coming up and more. But first, these 30 seconds to remind you that ESPN Bet is now live as the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today. New users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in a legal gambling state. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Scoop. So, Hembo and Cam, you guys were asking, what are other examples of rules being misapplied? Here's a great one. In November of 1978, the Nets protested a loss to the Sixers, complaining that three technical fouls were called on their own coach, Kevin Loggery, and their forward, Bernard King. The two, of their, the, the two people on their team got called for three technicals when two is the maximum and triggers an ejection. So they're saying that the Sixers, as a result, got too many free throws. So they did wind up replaying the final 550 of the third quarter and the entire fourth quarter. However, by the time they played that, the teams had executed a trade. With each other. With each other. And thus, Harvey Catchings, Ralph Simpson, and Eric Money all played for both teams in that one game. Yes. Okay, give me the date again. I need to look at that box score. So the first one, the game was initially played on November 8th. 
by the time they could replay it, it doesn't say in here when the game was replayed, but I assume it would it would just be November 8th, 1978. March 23rd, 1979. And then, so in March it was replayed. So it is it is Sixers Nets. Loggery, who was the coach, and Bernard King, who was a net at that point, were each called for three technicals and, and which resulted in free throws when you can only get two technicals because at that point you're thrown out. And that was upheld. So that's a misapplication of the rule. That is wild. And so three guys, uh, again, Harvey Catchings, Ralph Simpson, and Eric Money played for both teams. That's really cool. In that one game. I know. I love it. That's I a love great trivia like question. That. I'm going to keep that one in the chamber. It is. We'll get that one. Well, just ask it tomorrow. I'll definitely have forgotten the answer. <laughs> All right, next. So you're ready for the draft. Let's get started. Greenies draft prep. All right, I'm knee-deep in my draft prep, everybody. And Field Yates has his... First mock out, mock 1.0, and I just want to go over some of the most interesting things in it. I will also, I'm going to make a note. I'm going to start giving you players I'm falling in love with, and here's why. Because you're going to watch the draft with us, particularly round one, Thursday night, April 25th, live on ESPN from Detroit, and I'll be hosting it, and you are tuning in because you want to hear Mel, and you want to hear Lewis, and you want to hear Booger, and you want to hear Shefty breaking trade deals and all that kind of stuff and not because you want to hear my opinions on these players. So I will not be offering them. My job is to facilitate all of those guys, giving you the very best analysis and information. That said, I spend these three months preparing for this draft, and I have a bunch of opinions. And I have fallen in love with some kids in this draft. I did a tight end from Texas last night that I love. The tight end from Texas who says he models his game after Travis Kelsey He's looking to be maybe like a second or third round guy, probably day two. Boy, I love him. He's going to catch a lot of passes for somebody. Athletic as hell, great hands. I think he's going to be really good. I've fallen in love with the wide receivers, Roma Dunze and Malik Neighbors. I know the world loves Marvin Harrison's kid, and, and he's terrific also. I think these two guys are just as good, depending on where they wind up. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that Field Yates has the, the tight end Brock Bowers going as low as he does. Yates has Brock Bowers going 16 to Seattle. I think he's a top five or six pick. I think he's that good. The Chargers and Jim Harbaugh are picking at five. I could easily see him taking, see them taking Brock Bowers. But anyway, let me just give you the top 10 from Yates's mock draft, and you just jump in with any questions if you have them. He has Caleb Williams going number one to the Bears, which will mean, and I talked to him about it on TV this morning, the Bears trading Justin Fields, which we all expect them to do. He has Jaden Daniels going number two to the Commanders, Drake May going three to the Patriots. Time out. Yeah, that order there is going to be hotly debated. That's the most interesting thing that this draft might offer us is who goes two and who goes three. I happen to believe it is not a fait accompli that Caleb Williams goes 1-1, although I think that is most definitely the likeliest thing that happens. I've heard everything ranging from Drake May can be the first pick to Drake May could be the fourth quarterback off of the board. So, Greeny, where are you on the Drake May pendulum, if you will? Well, so, so let me be clear on this. When it comes to stuff like this, my, va- my opinion is of no value. Have, but you've already studied him, have you not? Yeah, yeah but... Here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm hearing from most of the experts that if one of those guys is going to fall, it's going to be him. That that Caleb Williams is a stone-cold lead pipe lock to go number one. 
that the likelihood is that Jaden Daniels goes two. And I'm hearing from some people that they wouldn't be shocked if J.J. McCarthy winds up going three. Who am I to disagree with people who do this for a living? I'm a host. My, my job is to is to make sure I have as much information as I can and then can re- recycle it to you in a concise and efficient way on a night that's moving quickly. So what I think of Drake May is notwithstanding. I like Drake May. I like everything I've seen about him. He is much more athletic than I think people are giving him credit for. He's huge. He's built... He's a little. He's got a little Josh Allen in him, um, size wise. Someone else made the comparison to Roethlisberger, but Roethlisberger couldn't run from here to there. I think Toolsy, from, from that standpoint, he's most. He most reminds me of Justin Herbert. Herbert, okay, that's that, another. He good throws one. darts. He's got a big body. He can run better than you think. I mean, Herbert, from a tool standpoint, I think is the best kind. Okay, fair enough. I like that one. That's a good one. He's and he's. People think of him a certain way because he went to Carolina. Alabama wanted him. He chose Carolina because his father was the quarterback there once. His brother was Luke May, who you, is Luke May, who you probably remember being a star on their national championship basketball team. So they're a Carolina family, so he chose to quote-unquote stay at home. J.J. McCarthy, I certainly have questions about. Jim loves him, obviously, and we'll see. Bo Nix, I think, is a very intriguing prospect. I did him last week. Bo Nix played more college football games than any other player in the history of college football. He set the all-time record for completion percentage in a season last year. He threw 45 touchdowns and three picks. His age, to me, is not a negative. He's 24 years old. That doesn't bother me at all. He's got 15 years to play in the NFL if he wants to. I'd much rather have a 24-year-old quarterback than a 20-year-old quarterback. So I'm all in. I I like Bo Nix. So I think he's going to go in the first round. I think those five guys will definitely go in the first round. And then Michael Penix becomes the wild card. Maybe he goes in there as well. Can I give you a Bo Nix stat that's going to absolutely blow your mind? If I don't already have it, I'm going to put it in my in my notes. Go ahead. So Bill Parcells has these quarterback commandments, one of which is throwing the ball away is a good play. Sacks, interceptions, and fumbles are bad plays. Protect against those. So I actually chart those three things, sacks, interceptions, and fumbles, and I combine them. For, I have a way of combining them for all quarterbacks. I'm going to give you the number for each of the uh, top quarterbacks in the draft th- just this season. All right, Caleb Williams had 46. Drake May had 41. Jaden Daniels had 28. J.G. McCarthy had 26. And Bo Nix had eight. Wow. Bo Nix had basically eight bad plays the entire season. He is a totally different player than he was at Auburn. We still remember him as being that sort of irresponsible gunslinger type. Truthfully, he's been very well coached, very well refined, and in my opinion, could be a day one starter for a team that drafts him in the second half of the first It's pretty round. good. I like that. I, I, that's going to be that's too wordy for me to get in right when he's drafted. Here's what I have. 45 touchdowns and three picks last year. He's played a ton of football. Three-year starter at Auburn before transferring. Was a Heisman finalist last year at Oregon. Finished third in the voting. In all, he made 61 starts at quarterback. That's an NCAA record by a wide margin. The previous mark was 53. He also completed just under 77.5% of his passes last year, which is an NCAA record. He's 24 years old, been in the spotlight forever, and now it's finally his time. Mel? So that, that's pretty much what I have planned at this moment, and then, and then we'll go from there. So there's a little draft prep for you. We'll keep doing this as we get closer and closer to the draft. But today, there's something that we must get into. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. So today's a very important anniversary. 
for one member of the hashtag crew. It isn't me. Valentine's Day has never been my favorite. I don't mind it. It's just Valentine's Day to me is sort of a manufactured day that I think is good for the greeting card companies and the flower companies and the chocolate companies. And God bless them. Uh, I support all of them. And I support the idea of love and romance. But at the risk of saying something ridiculous, every day should be Mother's Day. Every day should be Valentine's Day. Every day should be Father's Day. That said, we all understand, particularly early in a relationship, and Hembo is still early in his marriage, that Valentine's Day can be a very big deal. And particularly when you're, when you're you know, a young husband, as you still are, there's a lot of pressure on you to deliver for Valentine's Day. So today is the one-year anniversary, Bubba and Cam, of the day that Hembo took his wife, Lizzie, out for Valentine's dinner at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and paid for it with a gift certificate she had received from someone. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was Valentine's Day circa 2023. Never forget it. Great day. For Hembo. So what? here we are a year later. You blew that. We, you were mocked mercilessly on these airwaves. Your wife obviously has been waiting 364 days for you to make up for this. Or top it. Well, topping it, would doing nothing would top it. Like if you said, you know what, I'm really not feeling well. I'm going to go up to bed. That would be better Thank God. than this. Going to go read my president's book. That, that would be, I think doing nothing would definitively be better than this. I mean, that would probably be her choice yeah. in terms of what I provide on Valentine's Day. Are you... Are you she may be listening, so I don't want you to give away a surprise if there is a surprise. No surprises. Okay. What do we have planned? I'm not doing anything today. I'm loading up this weekend. So I'm not doing anything at all on Valentine's Day. Okay. I will, I will when I go home, say happy Valentine's Day, and probably that will be about it. I don't okay. know if she has anything prepared for me. But we are doing a, a weekend in the city this weekend. Ah. And you guys will be happy to learn that our reservation is at 3.30. <laughs> We're eating dinner this year. Tavern on the Green Friday. Tavern on the Green. That's a that's a classic. At three thirty, that is a super old school New York upscale restaurant. It's still not dinner, but but three thirty. Yeah, what are I, they serving at that point? I actually is it brunch. I actually do they have the dinner menu available. That's a good question. Are you going Saturday or Sunday? No, we're going Friday. Friday. So so that's not going to be brunch. Th- so you are, may not have the dinner menu available. Oh, to so you. am I going to be eating like a chicken salad sandwich and like a like a, wearing like a tie? Because that's not what I had in you mind. You do either. have to wear a jacket, or at least you used to. I don't know if you still do. So I have to dress up. When so- I was a kid, that was a super special occasion restaurant we would go to. So let's see here. So what, what time? That's, a, that's actually something I needed to look Let up. Let me look at the menus here. Dinner. Let's see what time that starts. Bubba, is well, it I'm a, looking at the dinner menu, but it doesn't say what time they start serving dinner. 3.30 might be early. Sometime after 3.30, I would guess. So do you guys, so you guys don't take umbrage. No, you the, still have regular main courses, though. You can great! Go, you can go organic, uh, organic Scottish salmon. You can go tavern burger. You can go a crispy chicken sandwich. So you can go, you can go a little, you can go a raw bar. So depending on what direction you want to go, you got nice sides here, a little main lobster mac and cheese. Okay, so 3.30 is not too early in your opinion. No, it is too early, but there is a good menu. It, it is un- okay. unquestionably it's, it's, too early. Certainly early. You just lucked out with a menu. So do you guys take umbrage or, don't, or not take umbrage with me doing nothing today? Like is there is, – if I go home empty-handed, despite the fact that we've planned this weekend out together, will she be upset? I'll answer that question. Yes. And here's what you do. Here's what you do. You're so young. Here's what you're going to learn. So you've made an agreement, the two of you together. 
you're going to do this celebration on Friday. That's great. That is perfect, especially for someone who works the hours you do. Say, okay, Friday night we can have some more fun. We can have some drinks, whatever it is. So that's a much better scenario. So I have zero issue with that. Even the 3.30 of it all, you know, it is what it is. It's insanely early, but whatever. If you had said 5 o'clock, I would have been much better with that. Was 5 o'clock not available? That's not an easy restaurant to get into. No, I just d- independently decided that 5 o'clock was too late. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are you staying in the city or are you going back to your house We're in New Jersey? staying in the city. So what are you going to do after dinner? Nothing. You're going to go back to the hotel and go to sleep? We at never do anything after dinner. 5.30, 6 o'clock? Ever. I mean, we, we probably won't sleep that early, but we're not going to do anything. Okay, fair Maybe enough. Maybe we'll wander around the city. Go to a show? Uh, we're, we're seeing a show on Saturday at 2 o'clock. What are you seeing? Moulin Rouge. Oh, yeah, okay. So, so like, after last you year. You got a nice plan. After last year, All I right. went big. The guy like it. On the weekend. I like everything about it. So here's what today is, though. Even though this agreement has been in place. Mm-hmm. So now she doesn't expect you to bring anything. And if you don't bring anything, it won't be a catastrophe. But the smart husband... Gets a little something today because she's specifically because she's not expecting it. And it doesn't have to be anything big, expensive. I'm not talking about jewelry. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about something small, but very thoughtful. Something she'll really like. I'll give you an example. Please. I don't know if she's like, um, you know, a spa girl. But I mean, I don't know any who aren't. She spas. So you go get her. You pick up on the way home today, like a gift certificate for a manicure, pedicure. And you say, you know what? Tonight... I'm going to watch the babies. I'll feed them your dinner. I want you to go and just treat yourself and relax. Just something small, thoughtful like that. You want to talk about scoring points. Mm. I'm saying that's the way to do it. So you've got the big thing planned. Again, this is not, I'm not telling you go to a jewelry store. I'm telling you a little thoughtful thing today when she least expects it, boom, that seals the deal. Okay, because I'm in, I'm in need of point scoring. Right yeah. now it's 28 to 3. Yeah, you're down 28-3, and you're not Tom Brady when it comes to this. Oh, or anything. So this would be an unprecedented comeback. But I'm going to do something today that, I've, that I'll have to think about sometime between now and when I arrive home. I just gave it to you. I literally just told you what to do. Is there, do you know yeah. where she goes to get her manicure pedicures? Yeah, I do. Is it near your house? Yes. Stop there on your there way you home. Go. Follow those directions. Walk in and say, I'd like to buy a gift certificate for a manicure pedicure. Pay for that. I don't get it, though. Like, you were fine with the gift card in this case, but not last year. Like... A- you're buying it for no, her, no. though. Yeah, Hembo, you paid for dinner with a gift card she had been given. In this case, if it's you, our money. You know, if you hand her a gift card for a manicure pedicure and say, "I'm going to go get a manicure pedicure," <laughs> yeah, don't, don't give her the gift card and then use it for your own. <laughs> That's spa. what that would be. Even better, I don't know if she might like this, and I do. Uh, well, when I say I do, I mean I would do this. Go in and get and say to her, "I have made reservations for us to go together." and get manicure pedicures together at some time this afternoon, and I have someone coming to watch the kids for us. And then you're going to go have a little couple's mani-pedi. But don't you think that she would much prefer to not do that with me? Probably. I mean, I would prefer to not do it with you. But but, but, (laughs) but, what I'm getting from this is that you two should go to the spa. Forget Lizzie gets any spa treatment. I'm going to take Lizzie to the spa. (laughs) That way everyone gets what they want. I want you to go home and I want you to say, honey, for Valentine's Day, even though we're going to have our big celebration this weekend, you and Greeny are going to get Manny Petty's today. <laughs> I think she'll be delighted she with that. And we'll just catch up. It'll be a lovely thing. That'll be way better than her doing anything with me. Yes. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going today anyway, so <laughs> great. <laughs> just send her along with me. All right, Hembo. Trivia, go. Group trivia. I am looking at a list of every player in Nick's history that ever made an all-NBA team. Four players have done it 
since Patrick Ewing last did it, you guys are going to give me all four Knicks. Four players have made first, second, or third team All-NBA since Ewing. Four players answer next to ESPN Radio. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Interesting song choice here, uh, Cam. Any, any? It's just a very striking song. Been playing love songs all day. Oh, for Valentine's Day. Okay, yeah, God, I didn't. You even love Celine that. Dion. That's bad. This is not Celine Dion, you what? idiot. This is Whitney what? Houston. What is wrong with you? Oh my God, Celine Dion. He tries to come I, in cool there. I straight up thought I had that one. <laughs> And I feel like a buffoon. There's nothing cooler than guessing Celine Dion incorrectly to anything. Uh, 30 seconds before we give you the answer to group trivia. Those 30 seconds, I'll remind you about Granger for the ones who get it done. Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Trivia, and this is a great one. Go. There are four Knicks players that have made the All-NBA team since Patrick Ewing last did. You're going to give me all four. Okay, so we have been agonizing over this. I'm going to tell you guys, we are very confident about three of them. We have a variety of options for the fourth. I'm going to tell you guys, uh, Cam and Bubba, because you're not here in the room, that Jack has come in the room, and he is positive about the fourth one. He seems very confident. All right, we're counting him as so I'm getting a record say, if, then. If, if we get it wrong with his guess, we obliterate Jack, yep. right? I mean, obliterate. So let's start with the ones we are positive are right, right? We're positive Carmelo Anthony is one of them. That's correct. Okay. He did it twice. <clears throat> we are positive Amari Stoudemire is right. That's correct. Okay. He did it in 2011. <laughs> We are very confident Julius Randle is right. That is correct. Okay. He also did it twice. All right. So we feel very good about those three. Now, here are the names, guys, that we have written down for the fourth one. Latrell Sprewell, Allen Houston, Stefan Marbury, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, and Tyson Chandler. For the record, Cam is very down on Chandler. And Jack... Bubba's down on Oh, Bubba. Sorry. Bubba's very down on Chandler. I'm just up on Porzingis. And Jack is convinced it's Chandler. Cam is high on Porzingis. Bubba first came at us with Marbury. The Marbury and, and Brandon is high on Marbury. The oh Marbury Knicks were just so bad, though. Like he put up numbers, but they were so bad. We got to go with one of them. Bubba, what do you think? <sighs> Isn't Brandon a Knicks fan? Brandon's a Knicks fan. So uh, is Jack. Okay. Jack's, so Jack's, Jack's a Nets a, fan. Okay. Jack is a Nets fan? But he's convinced. So him, but he's a lifelong New Yorker. At New Yorker. He's I, so sure it's Tyson. You're, you're incredibly – he won Defensive Player of the Year. That doesn't mean he was first, second, or third team All-NBA. <laughs> I mean, Jack is on a little bit of a – Pineapple Jack's been doing well with trivia. Pineapple here. Jack. <laughs> I like that. Good nickname. Yeah, by the way, yeah, you're Pineapple Jack now. So, Greeny, you have to make the final call here. You have I'm some not, compelling people. I'm not opposed to going Porzingis here, but, I mean – 
How many can we get had one year it could have been? Porzingis is a very flash in the pan with the Knicks. That's right. my only concern. Well, and he got I hurt. agree 100% with Marbury that they were bad, but he was, he was just putting up numbers. Sprewell and Houston were on that team that went to the final. Ewing was on that team but, but broke his hand or whatever it was and didn't play. But I don't they think were any eighth, of them put up the great seed. numbers. Yeah, I don't, though, think, yeah. I don't think either of them would have been all, all uh, NBA. Marbury, no. I think it's either Porzingis or Chandler. Let's go with Jack because okay. he's so convinced and we're it'll be go funny if Jack. he's wrong. If this is wrong, Jack, we're going to obliterate you. We're going with Tyson Chandler. The correct answer is Tyson Chandler. Oh, Jack! Yeah! Yeah! Pineapple Jack! Pineapple Jack! Pineapple Jack! Get on the mic, Pineapple Jack! Yes! Get on the mic! Get on the mic, Pineapple yes! Jack! Well done! Oh, my goodness! Oh, wow. that's a big day! Pineapple Jack, how good did you feel about that? Oh, man, it feels amazing. I started the year so bad, and I told Hembo, (sighs) basketball is my arena, and that that one felt real good. Oh, my goodness, yes, that's that's a big win. That's that's the kicker, the rookie kicker, after missing a couple big ones early in this season, hitting a game winner in Week 15 to send the team to the playoffs. And and i got to give credit to the coach, having confidence to send me out there. Mm. Now, you know, in all honesty, I, it was a win-win because if you got it right, then we won. <laughs> and if you got it wrong, we would have had the best four <laughs> minutes of radio in history. <laughs> Just destroying you in every way. All right, uh, give us the scores uh, there, including Pineapple Jack. Yeah, I am 13-20. and 20, Bubba's 13-19. and 19, Greenies 12-21. and 21. I'll give Brandon a point for that when he's 4-20. and 20. Jack started 0-7, is now 5-10. and 10, So a great run for Jack here. Dominique is 0-1. All right. Uh, Pineapple Jack, before you go, your fiancé, you have a big day today. <laughs> Not fiancé. Just girlfriend. Just girlfriend. I know. Did I she hear know. me say that the other day? She did. That was a, a misstep. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> now I'm saying it as a joke, but was she... Did that place you in a bad position? Because I no, would genuinely no. feel bad about that. No, she's very understanding of it. And, and I explained to you her. Told it's, me it's not the Kayla person, is her name, it's right? the timing. Yes, Kayla. Kayla. So what do you have planned for Kayla for Valentine's Day? Uh, we have a nice reservation tonight. What time? Uh, 6.15. Doing That's a, nice a real dinner. Time. Okay. Hembo's dinner, is Hembo pushed it back to later this year. It's 3.30 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's his dinner. A dinner? A yeah, dinner. dinner. That's L- lunch. Last year, his, his, last year his Valentine's Day dinner was 1 p.m. And that's, that's Valentine's Day brunch. No, it's not. It's the formality of the occasion, not the time of day, Jack. Parenthetically, Jack, he paid for it with a gift certificate that had been given to her as a gift. So you're taking your, your lovely uh, girlfriend, Kayla, out for a 6.15 dinner tonight. Yes. What's the, what's the food? What kind of, what, what kind of dinner well, we have? Steak, having? of course. Oh, that's right. Jack likes steak. Two times this week. And I assume pineapple <laughs> for dessert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, what else? And is, is a gift involved in this? I'm not, put, I'm uh, not yeah, a huge. We, we you did get gift exchange last night. Uh, unfortunately, I did have my first miss on a gift. Ooh. Um, it, it was the wrong size. They had like a, a small medium, and it, it ran a little bit towards the medium size. So we, we've amended it. So you're saying you erred on the side of getting something too small? Yeah, well, Still a win. Yeah, Still a yeah. win. So uh, I'm here to tell you right now, if that goes the other way, that's not a small miss. Yeah. Okay? If, if, if she fits into a small and you got her a large, that's a problem. Oh, if no, she no. fits into a large and you got her a small, that's smart. Yeah. So here's my advice to you, hmm. that as Kayla goes on in your life, should the two of you be together forever, that whatever size she, you think she wears, get her one that's two sizes smaller than that. And then say, oh my goodness, I was sure this was what would fit you, and let her return it for something she really wants anyway. 
Well, when we do get married, I'll invite you to the wedding, of course. And Greeny, just before we, before we go, tell him the one thing that he should not ever buy on Valentine's Day. Well, we don't have time for me to tell the story of my first Valentine's Day with Stace, but needless to say, I, as a dumb, young, single man, I wandered into Victoria's Secret, <laughs> allowed the saleswomen to talk me into what I should buy, and I'm still paying for it now 29 years later. Happy Valentine's Day. We'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Pineapple Jack. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.